Hey there, Ben Kissel here for Last Podcast Network. I want to tell you about my show, Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. For more than nine years, Marcus and I have strived to present you with the most accurate and honest political podcast out there. In these turbulent times, it's our intention to unite the country with impassioned debate that reaches out to the rational Americans who find their voices more muffled every day. Every week, I use my political science background, my experience running for office, along with my lifelong passion to stand up for the downtrodden, the wrongfully accused, and the invisible man and woman to bring you news like you haven't heard before. Let's face it, traditional news has failed us. We promise to always tell you the truth the best we see it, and I personally guarantee to not be swayed by hyper-partisanship, but be guided by facts. To listen, search Abling's Top Hat on any podcast platform or go to lastpodcastnetwork.com and find it under shows. Hail yourselves, everyone. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. That's when the cannibalism started. Thing is, is that I know how I could fix California, man. Oh yeah, how are you gonna do that? There's straight up a haze everywhere. It's fucking gnarly, and not like a cool haze, not like an old Cheech and Chong. What they were was gonna hope in a lot well, happen to Los Angeles. Yeah, because of the would. because of the horrible fires. But you know what we got to do, man. Get a bunch of mirrors because it's all done by the government. Uh, directed energy weapons. This is coming from the fucking skies in order to make. The leading liberal elite afraid uh-huh. to, of placing their vacation from their vacation homes. Because you know what? Sometimes when you're on vacation, you're like, uh, like this is just so intense already just like being on vacation. I need like a vacation from my vacation. Uh-huh. These are the homes that are being affected. Not really, but okay, everyone. This is Side <laughs> Stories. I am Ben Kissel, Henry Zabrowski. You'll also hear Travis Morningstar uh, occasionally piping in here. Um, I do want to say this. Yes, it's our the heart- deadliest wildfire in history, and the U.S. government is microwaving us. I don't think it's the U.S. government. If anything, it's smokers. Uh, as we talked about before the show, cigarette butts cause a lot of forest fires. That's why I propose today bringing smoking back to malls. This Once is what I'm saying, man. The smokers out of the malls, they're going to the streets, flicking cigarette butts everywhere. We're pushing them to the forest. It is a, <laughs> the social stigma. Is I mean, allow them to smoke, but you know what we should do maybe people should wear big sort of like plastic bubbles from their waist all the way around if you want to smoke and then you can smoke inside of it and you keep other people from bringing yeah. smoke and well, then you get extra extra nicotine i don't know if plastic <sighs> would be the best uh the best fabric for that because it seems like it might melt and then those people would have a really hard sort of life for the rest of their existence but in all seriousness uh this fi- this fire in california hundreds of thousands of people have been displaced and obviously the the celebrities get quite a bit of coverage um like such as miley cyrus and also neil young his malibu home has burnt down but they're really they're going to be fine will smith is going to be fine we have to think neil <laughs> we cannot make neil young more sad right now no we i can't cannot. have another their suicide no absolutely not um but our hearts are with the hundreds of thousands of people where they can't afford to go to another house and it's just absolutely devastating so if you want to give a little help you can go to disaster at cal fund that's c-a-l fund.org or give them a give them a ring at 213 413 
four one three zero and uh, donate some cash because the people out in California where Henry resides that is I mean I just saw some of that footage and it is completely and utterly brutal so our hearts are with you and uh, wishing everybody the best and hopefully uh, it doesn't get any worse than this but it doesn't seem like it's ending anytime soon so we'll I don't see. really like the attack saying that I wasn't serious in the beginning <laughs> you were I know I know all right I apologize also R.I.P. Stan Lane Stanley is uh, at 95 Can't, years old. Gone too soon. I think he I was. Mean, he Honestly, was so, I think he was. He was so beautiful. He was so beautiful. I can't believe we'd lose an angel like that. He was. What is wrong with you? You soulless monster. When I saw that news, that was devastating. I, I obviously, I think that he did wonderful things. What happened to, for see, us? You got He's married, so, and somehow you're worse. No, I'm very, I'm very sensitive. We saw three stray dogs over by um, a Joshua Tree last night, and I almost took all of them. Okay, because I didn't want them because I couldn't bear. It was very intense. But the problem is, all right, Stanley. Very inspirational. <laughs> yes, um, he was. What? Yes, he was awesome. I saw him once. I almost walked into him. Uh, uh, C two E two in Chicago. I almost okay. walked chest bumped into him because I was uh, wasn't paying attention. Uh-huh. And then he's a f- very very frail. Um, I think probably his nurse farted too loud and he went to sleep. <laughs> I have <laughs> no idea there, what there happened. Are, there are a lot of cartoons and newspapers where Stanley's in heaven, and you know I don't necessarily subscribe to the idea of heaven. But it's just for Stan, people who are alive. Stanley spent his entire life creating false idols. So is he going to heaven? <laughs> oh my God! All right, Stanley well, you know created some heroes because- that helped a lot of kids who were feeling depressed, who were getting bullied, and they said, "You know what? If Spider-Man can overcome, if Peter Parker can overcome, he had superpowers. He, had he got bit by a radioactive spider. He was a normal person. He also wanted to care for his aunt. And is Mary Jane ever going to love him? He had a lot of real life issues. Mary Jane did love him, and then they got divorced in the comic books. Yeah, whatever. But they loved. And it was hard to find. But it. you know what it is, Stanley? Too is that he aggregated a lot of content. Like he did, he didn't end up taking quite a bit of credit for the for the creations that were done under his employ. But he, uh, entertainment would not be the same if it wasn't for Stanley. Yes, because you need Barkers, man. You need you need people to shift those units. All right, everyone. Well, let's get back in here, Joe Exotic. Let's start talking about Zookeeper Joe Exotic. He's back in the news. Of course, you all remember him. He had a murder for hire plot. And uh, he was also running for governor. Those things can you can do both of those things at the same time. Back in the news for all the wrong reasons. Former Oklahoma zookeeper and candidate for governor already accused in the murder for hire plot has been indicted on 19 new counts of accusing him, uh, accusing him of killing tigers and selling tiger cubs. A federal grand jury unsealed the charges Wednesday against the 55-year-old Joseph Maldonado Passage, who's also known as Joe Exotic, which, of course, you just change your name to Joe Exotic if your last name is actually Maldonado Passage. Exotic is a hell of a lot easier to say, and dare I say, it's kind of fun. It's fun. Yeah, it's very fun. Joe Exotic was indicted in September for allegedly trying to hire someone to kill the operator of a Florida-based animal sanctuary. Carol Baskin, CEO of Tampa's Big Cat Rescue, claimed she was targeted. He pleaded not guilty. But now we got the new charges accuse him of killing five tigers in October of 2017 and offering to sell cubs in violation of the Endangered Species Act. He's in trouble. Well, I just don't understand. So all of this is like... So now this is real. He definitely is abusing these tigers and he's selling these cubs. Well, he killed five of them to sell the cubs, which I don't know why you can't keep them alive and then also sell the cubs, but that's what happened here. So Joe Exotic, I mean, I, he seemed like a man of the people during his campaign ad. He had a beautiful voice. Song, but then I also heard, the- I heard it was disputed that he wasn't even singing in that video. 
I heard it was possible that he was not singing in that video, but if he, who would, as we talked about, who would be the secret voice behind Joe Exotic? How sad is that person's life? No. I'm just going to say, I think it was Mr. Exotic. Chris Gaines. Because Chris, Chris Gaines, Gaines but that's, he can but pop he's up a, anywhere. That's Garth. No, that's it's Garth not. Brooks. No, it's not. It's two different people. Yeah, if you really hmm. think about it, if you really, really think about it, because you can imagine that Garth Brooks' own family wonders when Chris Gaines will come home. And they sit in there because they remember there was a period of time in the 90s when Chris Gaines, Chris Gaines was around. He was daddy. They were eating pizza for breakfast. They were having Malamars for dinner. Because Chris know Gaines if, doesn't give AF. Chris Gaines, I don't know if that's actually true. I think Garth Brooks didn't give an F. Uh, Chris Gaines was like his sad goth counterpart. Sexy. I don't think that they got to eat pizza rolls for breakfast. I think they got like really, really sad, like, I don't know, maybe uh, avocado toast, but not good. Avocado toast is good for you. I will say this. Goth daddies, they all they care about is you not getting too much sun. For the rest that of the time, like, you can eat whatever. You can eat whatever as long as it's on commemorative Halloween plates with all of the <laughs> Halloween decorations still up. Like this, like right. we talked about a lot of time. We talked about last week where we allow people to celebrate Christmas forever. These are people that can celebrate Halloween forever, and essentially they dress up their kids like Frankenstein five or six yeah. times a week. Not so bad. The Adams family was one of the more loving families in cinema history, so I think that could work. It is funny though that that Garth Brooks. Usually when someone does an alter ego, their alter ego, like what, what is Beyonce? Doesn't she call herself Sasha Fierce? Yeah. So she's Beyonce in the boardroom and then she hits the stage and see, and she's Sasha Fierce. Garth Brooks is the crazier part of the Garth Brooks, Chris Gaines connection. <laughs> he is, which is so weird that he was like this Garth Brooks character. I am getting a little out of hand. I need to tone it down. Start covering my eyes with my hair. There's a shadow entity and then there's the sun entity. All right. Chris mm-hmm. Chris Gaines is the shadow entity of oh. the extrovert. It's the extrovert. And then it really comes down to the question is who's the real Garth Brooks? Is it Chris Gaines who's truly brooding, sensual, sitting and right. wondering, uh, lies within the shadows? Or is Garth Brooks the son, the man of all people, the man about town, the mayor of the guitar? <laughs> Which is what I think I've heard him call himself, because everybody really? has these. Everyone has these differences. Um, but when it comes to Joe Exotic, who is the real Joe Exotic? We've been covering this guy right. now for like fucking two months. And so well, now we know for a fact he uh, attempted to, to put a hit out on somebody, which we still yes. still kind of in a legal gray area. We've well, he did put the said, hit. Yeah, he definitely did put the hit out. He attempted to, to have the hit finished. Yes. But then he's been sort of semi-accused. Of the murder of his husband? Yes, that's correct. The murder of his husband. That He's is... also been accused of that. How is his campaign going? I think the campaign is dead the now. I think the campaign has right? also been, yeah, I think that's been murdered as well. So he made the jump from being a politician to just straight up celebrity. He's living the dream. He's doing Yeah, he. That's what Beto wants. <laughs> right. Yeah. He really, I mean, hopefully Beto doesn't have the criminal record now. Uh, I after I hope maybe not. he's going through some depression and just starts killing animal cubs. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Joe Exotic, a hell of a life. That's going to be a really full tombstone. It's going to be a full tombstone. That's I for sure. What. But when he dies of the, I mean, honestly, he's, you could see he's a smoker. He's going to get throat cancer. So that casket's going to be very light. It could be. Yes, it could be. And again, if you're struggling with smoking, try the jewel. 
That's what I was. No, anyway. Jewel just got shut down. Jewel's getting shut down because they're taking all their various flavors out of the stores, and they're actually being told to back off of social media advertisement because it is obviously for children. Ah, uh, yes. Well, that's the major problem. I have a couple of friends who didn't smoke, and they just started smoking the e-cigarettes, which is, you know, this is how big tobacco gets you. They always find another way to uh, to monetize their product. In this, yeah, case, dude, we'll fucking. Miller's buying into the weed game too. Hmm. Miller beer? Yeah. They're going to get weed beer? No, well, they want to start it. There is already weed beer. Really? Yeah. See, buddy. I don't know if that needs to be a combo. I mean, I'm already making it a combo, so I don't really need it all mashed up together. It'd be right. like going to McDonald's and being like, just put the burger and the fries and the shake in the, the shake machine and make it all soft and liquidy so I can just pour it in my turtle-like mouth. I don't know how that would taste. Yeah, weed beer, it sounds actually like the equivalent of Chris Gaines actually having sex with Garth Brooks. Like, it's just too, like, I don't know if that needs to be together. Oh, it would be beautiful. Now, this was... I mean, it is all over the news. Oh, I'm getting blasted big. with it. Blasted with it. My fucking chin and eyelids are just covered in this story. It is uh, a UFO has been seen over Ireland, and it is making some heat because it just showed up in the Washington Post. That's how yep. you know this shit, I guess, is for real, as it gets all the way over here. And yes, they sort of pedantically covered the UFO scene as well, which is, of course, they have to, because why not take a shot at the vulnerable? But pilots saw a very bright UFO streaking over Ireland. If it wasn't aliens, what was it? This is right. from the Washington Post. Basically, what they said is that British Airways, British Airways pilot was operating flight BA94 from Montreal on Friday when she contacted the nearest air traffic controller tower to inquire whether there were any military exercises over the Atlantic Ocean to which she had not been alerted, according hmm. to the Irish examiner. When controllers told her that the skies were clear, she politely set them straight. She said that she and her crew saw two bright lights streaking through the air at phenomenal speeds, twice the speed of sound. It came up on our left-hand side, rapidly veered to the north. We saw a bright light, and it just disappeared at a very high speed. We were just wondering, the pilot said, according to the newspaper, an audio of the interaction posted on the internet, which we're going to play for you right now. All right, let's do this. Now, uh, if you are confused by what you're hearing... You're just like me. It is really difficult to understand the accents because they're, you know, we hear Irish, but we don't, like, usually when the Irish are talking to us, they try to be, like, as clear as possible, knowing that there's a small dialect difference. But this is the Irish at work. So they get all of this. What I will say about this footage, it's very interesting. What I love about this kind of stuff is, and I think we've we've even shown footage like this in our live show, is that I love hearing air traffic controllers say they're the ones here, and it's not just fucking uh, Tammy from Boggs Creek. It's right, nice right. to have some fucking like full on like fu- the, these are legit. These people watch the skies 247. It's got to be exhausting. There's nothing showing on either primary or secondary. Okay, it was moving so fast. In fact, you can no longer see it, but yes, thank you. Uh, along the side, you. Get to uh, come up on our left hand side and then rapidly veer to the north. Uh, the saw bright light and then it's just disappeared at a very high speed. I'm still just wondering. He didn't think it was a likely collision course. He was wondering what that could have been. Now, you're going to see here, what happens here in this next bit of footage is that okay. the, uh, we have another pilot calling in saying that we saw the bright lights as well. 
You ready to two play this? pilots. And just to clarify there, at the end, she was saying it wasn't on a collision course. So this alien wasn't, or this UFO wasn't trying to take him out. Well, she it saw was it just coming. like cruising along. She said the same thing. She saw it coming, and then it veered up at Mach 2, which it, they believe it looked around Mach 2, which is double the speed of sound. Uh, the Virgin 76 uh, also saw that in our 11 o'clock position. Uh, two bright lights. Say again. Uh, Virgin 76. I saw uh, two bright lights, 11 o'clock, seem to. Um, Back over to the right and then uh, climb away at, uh, at speed, at least from our perspective. Okay, we're passing that on there, thank you. Meteor or another object making some kind of re entry. Appeared to be multiple objects following the same sort of trajectory, uh, but very bright from where we were. Okay, that's copied. Glad it wasn't just me. <laughs> that's fucking awesome, dude. This is uh, what I love about this is that just like in Europe, which seems to be more of the temperament over there, is that they more directly will investigate these. So the uh, right. the Irish Aviation Authority jumped right in, saying they're going to investigate under the normal confidential occurrence investigation process, which is very interesting. The, the, uh-huh. what's inter- what, to me, the the thing that points towards pilot objects, which is what they say in this article as well, is that there were two, and they moved in the same exact trajectory as if they were paired. What they were trying to say, one of these um, aircraft, aircraft experts told the Irish examiner that the lights possibly were meteorites entering Earth at a low angle. The high speeds okay. were the result of acceleration caused by Earth's gravity. Uh-oh. The bright lights were probably the result of friction as the celestial bodies pierced Earth's atmospheres like a cock going into an ass. But my I thing, have no idea. But I, Again, are you going to put that in your official MUFON report? Is that how you're going to describe uh, it? VIP member number 27035 can do whatever he wants if I'm filling out the reports. That's how it goes. Okay. But it part of it is that it's i don't the way they said is the veering it's the shit of coming into the galaxy and then the two of them pulling up they pulled up and out they moved so in the end it's causing enough if you've got these people they see this shit all the time they've right. seen airbound bodies they know what what flies are an aerial phenomena they 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 have it in their brains because it's the job they're looking at it like like, I know the difference from driving the highways enough between this a, a skunk all mangled, like a skunk's guts, and sure. a dog's guts. Because <laughs> oh, you now you can sad. tell is that there's more guts in a dog. Absolutely. <laughs> well, depending on the size of the skunk, I guess. So, yes, so it appeared to be multiple objects following in the same trajectory. That doesn't seem to align itself very well uh, with some of the theories. Um, that it's not a UFO. According to Harvard astronomer Jonathan McDowell, this interaction happened on Twitter when this dude, Patrick O'Brien, I love when Irish people have Irish names, and then I feel like, <laughs> that's good. Yes. Like, everything's right with the world. Yes. Patrick, O'Bri- Patrick O'Brien tweeted out this. He says, no one, know of any satellites re-entering that this could have been. And then he says cheers because he's Irish and you have to have end, and you have to end every tweet, uh, tweet with cheers. Yes. And then Jonathan McDowell says... Nothing space-related that I know of. That's a Harvard astronomer, ladies and gentlemen. You're telling me he's wrong? Well, then you have an institution to scream at. Yeah, you want to go scream at Harvard? That sounds like fun. I'll come with you. But a part of <laughs> yeah, it is that uh, but they do go to a lot of thick school. And a lot of that thick school makes your brain big. And when your brain's big, you get all these extra lobes for facts. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but McDowell himself has pointed out in the past there are literally thousands of objects whipping around Earth, which we hear that all the time. And that's, like, horrifying. 
Yeah. Isn't that just a little bit scary? All of these objects are just out there. It's just a matter of time until one of them, one of them just pings us a little bit, and then God knows what happens. You're dipping your toe into true existential dread, which is uh, the problem Ugh. is that if you really allow those floodgates to open, if you allow the existential, existential dread French doors to open into your mind, you're fucked. Because we are truly, it is the spinning on a rock thing. It is the flat earth people saying they are fucking, uh, that they are so scared. Of the idea of the Earth is wildly corkscrewing through the sky. They can't, they can't handle it. It drives them crazy. I love to see it on a horrifying. roller coaster. Just going, sure. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> this I is could not see how them it's a, supposed to be. I could see them on a roller coaster, though, just totally zen. Just be like, yes, just as I expected. Perfect. <laughs> so apparently there are four major meteor showers that are currently active. That's according to the American Meteor Society, a.k.a. the people who buy all the slacks and all of the, what do you call those, khakis? Khakis. No, khakis. I mean, khakis, all, let's put a little bit of, bl- of the blame of the, of the bump of the khaki market on Best Buy. Honestly, of course. because that is there's a lot of khakis being funneled into Best Buy. Yes, so they say this this could be turrets, which are known to produce bright fireballs sure. in the sky, or it's a UFO. Which by I mean by definition, it is a UFO. But so. we're talking about a steady light. It's not like a flare. It's a steady light that comes in, hovers to the side of their plane, which is what they're talking about, and went zip and zipped up. That's a goddamn right? meteor. I love it. And that, and that burp it. is an official exclamation point on, new, on on this whole story because I am sick of this shit. I am sick of being what blind. You, what, and also, why you not be? Yo, honestly, Henry, the alien researcher is the least maligned right now well, than they've ever been. I'll put because it, people are starting to take it a little bit more seriously. Let me read just the segment from the Washington Post thing that is that makes me fucking really mad. All right, okay. The confused person on the radio was not someone typically associated with dodgy reports of extraterrestrial interaction. <laughs> there were no claims that large-eyed green men crossed the cosmos to turn livestock inside out, or two detailed breathless tales about cold metal tables and undignified alien probes. Oh, And then they also use, oh, so should we, putting our, should we put our tinfoil hats on now? I fucking hate I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. So triggered. All right. So I'm very so, sensitive. I know, I know. Well, there has been a lot of reports coming about UFOs um, in the recent years. So who knows, Henry? Um, you're you're real close to getting abducted. Keep on sleeping face down, butt up, and they're going to grab you one of these nights right <laughs> out of that uh, apartment of yours, and you're going to have a – well, I don't know what your night will be like. But, i tell you what. Uh, you might like it. I always sleep in the seductive triangle position just so that someone <laughs> will come and scoop me up with a coat hanger just through my asshole. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's uh, it's just a matter of time, Henry, until you discover an alien, and they're going to be impressed with you. I feel that if I was, if there was going to be an ambassador, I could be not as embarrassing as people would expect me to be. I love it. All right, well, let's move on. Now, this story, somebody sent this to me on, on Instagram, and I hadn't really heard about this before. It's a bit of an older story. Uh, this past Monday marked 29 years since the death of Bruiser Brody. Now, who the heck was Bruiser Brody, you might ask? Don't he was know. a He was a professional wrestler. He was six foot eight, 280 pounds, which makes me sad because I actually weigh more than him, and I am only six <laughs> foot seven. Uh, he was a true inventor of the brawling style, and his 
its wild man character helped lay the groundwork for what would later become hardcore wrestling. So this guy is really a, a godfather of like ECW and things like that. Okay. So this dude wrestled all across the U.S., including WWF, a uh, huge star. He was, he was literally huge in Japan, and that's where he formed a dominant tag team with fellow hard hitter Stan Hansen. So why is this story interesting? Well, it turns out he was doing this... Um, he was working a match with Lex Luger way back in the day. Halfway through the match, he stopped working. And what that means is you just stop selling, which, and that means you basically just don't react when the person hits you. You don't pretend Does like shit. that's really powerful. Oh, my God. You just kind of stand there like an oaf. So suddenly, no selling Luger's offense and refusing to cooperate with Luger or the referee. So something was going on. Now, on July 16th, 1988, Brody was set to compete in Puerto Rico for the WWC, a promotion by owned by Puerto Rican legend and WWE. I have to say WWE. I'm going to say WWF Hall of Famer Carlos Colon. So Brody arrived at the stadium and what happened was a lot of tension was going on in the locker room and he was Brody was sitting along this uh, alongside this dude Jose Gonzalez and what happened was uh, this is according to um, Dutch Mantel. He says, I've always been able to feel tension in a dressing room. And boy, I felt it heavy that night. Then he also says, but I couldn't place it. I didn't know where the tension was coming from. Uh, then Mantel left the dressing room. And when, we, when he returned five minutes later, Brody had been stabbed in the stomach. From the accounts of all the other wrestlers, Gonzalez asked Brody to come into the shower stalls to talk business, which that is, that's not a place to talk <laughs> business. That's, that's if anyone ever tells you, no, come into the urinal, we got a lot of important business to talk about. That's never a good idea. No. So it was common. Apparently that's commonplace, though. I don't know why. I've never really heard of that coming to the showers to talk business. That seems very, I don't even, I want to go down that road of what that could lead to. There's been no, it's nice to get somebody vulnerable because really it's about negotiation, right? So in the end, it's like you want a guy with his dick out and his back to you so that you can be right behind him. It's going like whispering in his ear, whispering in his ear, slitting your lips, touch his earlobe. I guess so. Well, according to this article, it's commonplace to talk biz in the shower stalls, and apparently it still is, uh, which is quite interesting. Just go go out to the parking lot or go to the car anyway. But in the shower stall, instead of talking business, they got into a scuffle, and Gonzalez pulled out a large knife that he had allegedly concealed under a towel. Thank God, because I was wondering, where is he keeping this large knife? Oh, in, my in God. In the man purse? You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Yikes. So he pulled out this massive knife, and then he stabbed Brody. Brody stumbled out of the stall and, in a state of shock, tried to walk out into the stadium. But Savio Vega, who you'll know as a former professional wrestler, stopped him. Brody laid down and waited for help. Atlas, who once was, um, oh my goodness, this is actually Tony Atlas, who once held the WWE tag titles with The Rock's dad, Rocky Johnson, witnessed the whole incident, and this is what he said. He said, when Brody was lying on the floor bleeding, the guys were just going over their matches like nothing had happened. Brody laid on the floor for about 45 minutes because it was the, begin because it was the beginning of the show, and the ambulance couldn't get through the crowd of people. They couldn't lift the gurney to get him on the ambulance, so they said, can any of you guys help? Every wrestler in that dressing room, including American wrestlers, turned their back. When the police asked what happened, everyone in the dressing room said they didn't see nothing. Atlas described how he began to lift Brody. He smiled at Atlas and said, don't drop me, brother. But his injuries were grave. Atlas recalled, 
that Brody had two eight-inch cuts to his belly. His liver was cut in two, plus his intestines were cut in, uh, plus his intestines were cut in two, and Brody died from massive internal hemorrhaging and blood loss. So everyone in this, everyone knew what happened, and they refused to help this guy for 45 minutes as he just lay there like bubbling blood out and obviously died, but the uh, performance had started, so they couldn't get the ambulance there. That's a creepy, weird story. Why is it like this? I don't know. I have no idea what Brody did to piss everybody off. Maybe it was the no-selling of Lex Luger, and this is how they repaid him. I have no clue. Is it that serious? Wrestling's very serious, because if you make make a mistake, you can kill somebody. But I wonder, do they believe that that's such an intense disrespect that they would literally let you die. I know that people take things very seriously. I've seen Twitter, but a part of it's like I wonder what it's like with uh, something like like I know that the uh, that's so fucked. You just yeah, let your wild. buddy d- die in front of you. I guess so. And then Tony Alice was there. I mean, and everyone, Savio Vega. This is a uh, this is a story twenty nine years old that's never really been solved. And I don't think that this dude got into any. Tr- I can't find the a follow up. So okay, here we go. So what I happened? Imagine also at the time, right? Because this was what when this he was is- murdered. This is what I so so. This is the follow up on Gonzalez, the dude who stabbed him. Incredibly, Gonzalez walked away and continued to wrestle until 2006. Mantle cl- Mantle has claimed the police weren't taking his story seriously right from the start and thought it was just another crazy wrestling angle. So they thought Weird. the whole that wrestling angle where somebody actually dies by being stabbed to death. Some blamed a flawed justice system, while others accused the Puerto Rican wrestling community of covering up the truth and intimidating witness, witnesses to protect one of their own. Mantle was supposed to testify at trial, but suspiciously didn't hear from the court until after the trial was finished. This is according to him. He said, I knew the verdict of the trial before I even got my subpoena to appear, with some witnesses seeming to observe a code of silence and others reportedly too scared to testify against Gonzalez. He was acquitted on the grounds of self-defense. So he just wrestled until 2006. Shit. That's crazy. I I wonder if there's... I mean... Especially at the time, wrestling is now reblown up, right? Oh, yeah. But it's kind of also now dipping back down. Isn't that true? Where well, like, it kind of had its a renaissance like three years ago, and now it's kind of middling. Well, the, well, it's because Vince bought everything, but so like Cody Rhodes and like Ring of Honor. There's other uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. They're they're coming up as the WWE because their product is kind of going down a little bit. But they're but it's, it's other pockets are popping up that are doing pretty well. But a part of it is that, the t- especially at the time, like what, 20 years ago, right? Yeah, almost wrestling, 30 years ago. Yeah, wrestling was not popular. And I imagine, because mm. now we sort of understand, which is truly fucked up about our society, that something like that kind of story would actually ramp up interest in the sport, where people would be like, what the fuck is going on in here? Yeah. And so we, because we're also naturally horny and voyeuristic, we want to see what's fucking weird about wrestling, so we want to get But at the time, I imagine that they were pretty certain that if he came out saying that he, someone was murdered in the locker, that it would sink what was happening with wrestling? Probably, be bad I mean, on it. but wrestling's really—it really was always popular, especially in places like Puerto Rico and here. I mean, this is like the early '90s. What is it? Yeah, something like that. Um, or maybe what is that? What's 29 years ago from today? <laughs> That's good. We're so old. I can't. I don't want to think about it. I remember when I watched wrestling, like in the early 2000s, as a kid. Every time there was a match, I'd see somebody bleed. Is that 
at all still happening? Yeah, you they don't they don't cut themselves as much as they used to. That was always really fun when they did that. But why do Vince, they why don't they do the bleeding anymore? I don't know because Vince wanted to make it a PG product because his wife ran for Senate, and then they're trying to be like it's a classy venture, and it's like it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be professional wrestling. But yeah, anyway. So now if you do see blood, it's most likely well, it's always real blood, but it's most likely caused by a by a real hit. Not well, they that do cutting this, yourself yeah, isn't real because they would cut their forehead, right? Yeah, Wasn't they the just, thing with the little razor. They would keep it in their their like their band, whatever it is of their pants. Well, yeah, they put it under a little piece of tape, and then they take the tape off, and then they poke themselves a bunch right where right, it right, bleeds on your forehead. So it doesn't actually it bleeds a lot, but it doesn't cause that much actual damage. You just want to hit a vein up there, and that, that I mean that's what happened with Stone Cold and Bret Hart in that match, uh, the I Quit I match. And yeah. then but uh, Austin didn't quit. He passed out from the blood. But so in that match, it made it made all the difference because without the blood, it just wouldn't have looked as awesome. Yeah, well, yeah, the idea blood makes it super fucking. That's what that's what fucking black metal understood. Oh, yeah. They understand of the the we like the visual of the intensity. Yeah. Um, so this is a story. Very fucked up story. That is, first of all. OK, that's horrible. Do you ever hear this about this in baseball? They just kill their families. Not baseball. More football. Football to kill their family. Yeah, baseball. as a matter of fact, Ray Carruth, he just got out of prison, a former Carolina Panther. I think he did 19 years. He Jesus. murdered his wife, and she was pregnant, and then the kid was born, and the whole thing is a... Jesus Christ. Yeah, I don't think he'll be playing anytime soon. That's, oh, that's no? Sure. He aged what? out number one, and then with the... Yeah, but he you really... Know what's only, a, yeah. You know what's a good sport for him? Golf. Could be. Get all Could those be. time, all those hours alone. Yeah. So this is a um, this is a story about a, a, a man. Now this is a very twisty, turny story. This is one of those where it's like it's obviously it is very sensationalistic up top, but as soon as you peel the top layer back, there's a bunch of weird weirdness in okay. this that I also have a lot of questions of our listeners. Um, the mother of an Australian man who died after injecting his scrotum with silicone hmm. as part of an inflammation fetish confronted his American bondage master in an episode of this show called The Project. It is very, very compelling footage that I found on the website of the Toronto Sun if you look it up. And so this young man, Jack Chapman, he died of what was called the silicone embolism, where he was forced to by apparently, which was a, a he had a master pup relationship with a man named Dylan Heffertepin, who is uh, <laughs> it was the, he belonged to him via contract. There was a part oh. of he is known on Instagram as noodles and beef. If you look up hashtag noodles and beef, there's a lot of shit in there. And basically, Dylan... Wait, hold on. So, I know I'm not laughing. This is very you sad. I am not. Okay, yes. but is it... Okay, so I'm just... Is it So, Jack uh, was Jack known as Chapman. Pup Jack Chapman. He was known, he was known as, as Pup Tank. Pup, yes. pup, pup Tank. Pup Tank. Okay. And then his master's was noodles and beef. Dylan Heffertapen. Heffertapen. And that he... Oh, so... So, Pup Tank... So just so I pup can, tank. so pup pup tank is owned by contract by noodles and beef <laughs> yes. and noodles and beef. Now did he Forced request him pup tank so put silicone in his balls? From what it seems to be, if you look at pictures of Pup Tank, who had to legally, according, forced to by his master, Dylan Heffertepin, to change his name to Tank Heathcliff Chap Chapman. So he changes <laughs> to Heathcliff as well. 
he was forced to by his master to adhere to a contract that he had set up where one of these things is that all will belongs to master. All physical accommodations of said pups must be met to by with satisfaction by the master. It's a gigantic oh contract, very very intense contract where he made he, it was if you look at pictures of Dylan Heffertepen and you see his pup group. It's five huge dudes within the bear community. Dylan Haffertepen also was a little bit of an actor. And he was in a web series about bears that's also very, very intense. It's very and, and what he wanted his his pups to have was very, very, very big balls. Okay. And he would also force then how, them why, to work why? out to look like him. Okay, but now if you are uh, they're pups. So by definition, they shouldn't have uh, really large balls, right? So there's a this confusion there. This is what there. his vision was. This was his vision. How did was he get? The- okay, how did he get five guys? And, I, and yeah, look at the pictures of these guys. I mean, these guys—they're—they're—they're they're, they're, not that it matters because we talk about professional wrestlers getting abused all the time. But they—they are big dudes. They are very, did, very big dudes, and he made them bigger. How well, did he get of- five of them to be the, his pups? I will say this. This is kind of what I want to ask our listeners. Those of us that are very are actually in subdom relationships know that there is a part of this, I guess, that is very I mean, from what I've read, this is very normal from what I've read. I'm not doing this. <laughs> I don't know the rules. All right? right. I just I'm trying to understand that it is a it can be a part of life that people do this. Right? Sure. And so <laughs> he had his group. A part of it is they get sexually turned on and they like being a part of this, what he called a polyamorous family. He okay. made this family so they all wanted to serve the master equally. But the problem is that some of them, it looks like Pup Tank, went and got his balls filled up way, way, way too much. And according uh. to Dylan Heffertapen, if you watch the horrible video of Jack Chapman's mother and him have a confrontation, and it's brutal, because he just died, and Dylan Heffertapen didn't tell him, didn't tell them that he was in the hospital, doing all this stuff, and fucking Noodles and Beef, his whole thing, who is Dylan Heffertapen? Noodles and Beef is saying, I never asked him to make his balls that big. <laughs> I see. You know, so it that's does his remind defense. me. Did you ever see? And I don't know why I, I reference this movie more than anyone probably in the country. Uh, Desperate Living, the John Waters movie. I watched it at a very formal, uh, formidable age uh, growing up because Queen Carlotta's on the cover, and I thought there was something saucy about that. Um, but there's a scene in Desperate Living. Again, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's one of it's one of John Waters' more disturbing films, but it's kind of fun. There's a scene where a woman is in another. She's it's a lesbian relationship, and but the woman isn't a lesbian. Um, and so she says, I just wish you had a penis. And then the woman goes and has a surgery done to get her a big penis. And then she comes back. And then the lady's like, I didn't really want you to get a big penis. And then she cuts the penis off with a pair of scissors. So anyway, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like that. You okay. know what his story is? It's about an abusive relationship. And I do. And you can be in a subdom relationship that does not blend, go, move into abuse. The whole point is to create a system from what I've read. Right. You're supposed to have a backdoor. You have to be able to get out. You have to be able to say at some point, hey, 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 I love being your doggy. I'll lick your feet all day long, but I'm starting to feel like my wants and needs are not being honored. Sure. Or I'm starting to feel that I am in danger. And the problem is, is that the, the, it looked like Jack Chapman truly fell in love with Dylan Haffertappen and he, 
ran it right. through. Like he oh, basically right. ran him all the way to the end, and then un- unfortunately, tragically, he died. But a part of it is that must be that the getting off of signing the contract. All of these Ugh, steps make I life guess. so spicy, and it shows us and these like little normal relationships that we have. Is like we, we. I guess we're missing out on all the thrills of uh, involving a lawyer. Well, and I maybe. just involved a lawyer in my relationship, and I'll tell you what, it's it's fun, but it's that is the, that's the part that's the most unsexual for me. Sure. Well, maybe we haven't met our own noodles and beef yet. Also, this is this is what makes this guy even worse. There's really nothing that could make the guy worse. Although, uh, again, this guy did did inject uh, his balls with silicone. He went to the doctor. He did that. Although, I don't even know. I want to ask you that question in a second if you know that answer did he go to a doctor or he just do this himself but before pup tank died he left two hundred thousand dollars in inheritance in in uh inheritance to um i'm just gonna noodles call it noodles noodles and beef yeah so the guy took two hundred thousand bucks from the guy um before uh all this even happened so this guy is really horrible this guy is, uh, I mean, you, you, what is the difference between this guy and a cult leader? I don't know. I, exactly. I, I don't really, I don't, this is the, the part of it where you could see people, he was obsessed with making all of the men in his community look just like him. And right. these men who fell in love with this personality, uh, sort of, I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's even consent anymore. If you're in this Tom Sub relationship, the whole point is that sexually you are agreeing to this arrangement and you will be the master. You will be allowed to be mastered by another dude. So the problem is that what do you do in that gray area between like he's telling you to do shit you're not supposed to, you don't want to do or you know is going to kill you and then all of a sudden you're stuck in it. I don't know. I, it's, I it's don't know. Up. Because well, a very, very sad uh, story of an abusive relationship. Yes. But it's got big swinging nuts in it his balls were so big <laughs> i don't know if they were swinging after they Have were injected s- with silicone but did you see the pictures of his nuts no i actually missed that no where did you see the pictures of his nuts they look like he's he stole brioches from the grocery store <laughs> but his mom was so heartbroken because she sits and watch it and it was the truth she was like when my son went to america because he was i believe he is Australian. Think, yes. He was Australian. And he, she was like, when my son went to America, he was normal. Um, or the way she described him is, he was the giant that sat silently in the back of every room, watching and watching. That's how she described him, which is very, very, <laughs> very <ominous>. weird. Silent <laughs> giant. Very, it's very <laughs> ominous. But then she got very, very sad because she was like, he went looking normal. And then he just started getting fucking jacked. Wearing that chain with the fucking chain link, the chain link around him with the big fucking uh, what's it called? What's the 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 channel lock? Oh, I see. Interesting. Well, according to this article, they do call it a cult fetish scene, and it was spearheaded spearheaded again by um, noodles and beef. So there it is. Well, who I knows just... what'll happen? We'll keep you following. We'll we'll follow up on that story to see what goes on with noodles and beef. I tell you what, though, noodles and beef sounds delicious. I love strong enough, man. Oh, it, yeah, so oh that's a, I love it I too. can see how he funneled it in. I could see how it got people locked in to the cult because you kind of expected a bunch of egg noodles and saucy, saucy beef all over it. Oh, 
Oh, of course, mm. naturally. That's one of my mom's. Fa- that was one of my favorite meal- meals that my mom makes. Oh, it's one and of the best. She makes that roast beef and they got all the, the brown gravy mixed in with mm, all the sauce so, and pressure cooker. My my my. Well, I do love beef stroganoff. <laughs> yeah, mm. it's mm, it's really and it's thing. a funny name. It's a funny I, name when you're a kid. It's kind of a funny <laughs> name even when you're nearing forty. <laughs> <laughs> beef stroganoff. <laughs> um, all right. So this is the worst person of the week in my opinion. Uh, a Florida principal allegedly stole $900 from a nine-year-old student who has uh, some mental disabilities. A Florida elementary school principal was arrested after allegedly stealing 900 bucks from this student. That's according to police. On October 22nd, an unidentified nine-year-old student brought $2,100 to his classroom from home. Why? I well, that we don't know. Again, he's he's you know he's a little bit he's got some challenges, so perhaps he just thought this was How a good idea. How did he get idea. that much cash? Well, that we'll find out. Staff and administrators counted the money and placed it in the desk of Principal Edward John Abernathy <laughs> for for safekeeping. So this guy just got twenty one hundred bucks in his desk. He's like, okay, uh, yeah, you just put it here. Everything will be fine. The following day, Abernathy allegedly told his staff. He would take care of the situation. Three days (laughs) later, of course, three days later, the student's parents realized their child had taken the money to school, and the boy's mother went to uh, Abernathy's office to get it back. On the way back to her car, she realized 900 bucks was missing. So well, that's after- pretty standard. I'm looking this up. The, the principal can take a solid 43% of any cash. That's a, that's off the top. That's a percentage that right? the principal can just get. Yeah. This guy is horrible. So after staff and administrators uh, after staff and administrators confirmed the discrepancy, the mother filed a police re- report. The following day, law enforcement interviewed Abernathy, who allegedly changed his story about the money several times. At one point, the police report alleges Abernathy said he moved the money from his desk to a shelf and suggested a student might have stolen it from there. The yeah, who police... knows what happens when you're moving money from the desk to the shelf? That's like a big gap. You don't know what's going to happen in <laughs> that five, six feet. <laughs> but, you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> this is a funny thing. But police said the shelf, which was about six feet high, would be difficult for an elementary school te- student to reach. Abernathy agreed with police and said uh, that would be a bit of a reach. He was arrested of, uh, Thursday and charged with one count of grand theft of less than 5000 bucks. but he posted bail. This guy is the principal equivalent of uh, Chris Farley's character in Billy Madison when, the, when he eats all of the uh, lunch sandwiches. When he eats all the bag sandwiches, they're like, who the hell would eat 50 bag sandwiches? A guy like this, Abernathy, I'm going to say, worst person of the week. I'm going to call right now. Mr. Principal Man has a bit of a drug problem. I'm going to call right now that he's got a drug problem. I'm going to call that he's got either a gambling problem. There's something that's come from the back. Because just to take $900, because first of all, Someone's going to know that $900 is missing out of $2,100. It's I would 43% assume so. of the money. It's not $100. It's not skimming right. it. You know what I mean? It's not all of it. Because to be honest, he should have just took all of it and just said there was a fire. Like, he could have just made it up. Sure. $900 seems to me like a guy going like, yeah, I could just take this. Man. People, this goes missing all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Hey, yeah, 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 you know, rubbing his nose and like, you know, right. like licking his lips and shit like that. He's got a fucking problem. Okay, I could totally see that. I could see a Coke problem in this guy's uh, life right now. But I just think that's sad. I don't know where the kid got the 2100 bucks. Maybe maybe it is a very wealthy family and they just kind of leave money around or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah they fucking bank robbers? Who's I guess. $2,100 in cash? Just around. I'm not quite sure, but you gotta, you know, leave this nine year old kid alone. 
You know, that's what I say. That anyway, poor child, that poor right. kid, he got taught a terrible lesson. Never trust fucking authority. But and this, it's hard that he had to learn it that way. But you know, when it comes down to it, that's what you fucking know. And I tell you what, I would never give my fucking, I wouldn't give my money to a police officer. I wouldn't no. let anybody touch my fucking, I got $2,100. That should strap to my fucking leg. Oh, absolutely. So Edward John Abernathy, not good, my man. Come on. Give the kid on, $900 back. He's got to go buy a bunch of fun stuff. I don't that's know what the, kids buy anymore, but I'm sure fun stuff. That's the kind of crime that I wish we'd go back to, like, public spankings. I wish that was the kind of crime that he could be tied to a post and a man with the big old-timey judge's wig comes out and fucking hits him with a plank a bunch of times and be like, are we embarrassed? Are we embarrassed? <laughs> like, I think that would be pretty sweet. Also, I, I want to so. quickly do, because we gotta leave, we're going to be wrapping this episode up, but I want to quickly go over the Church of Satan's a comments about the the Satanic Temple recently sued uh, the ah, Killing yes. Adventures of Sabrina over uh, the use of their design of their Baphomet statue. Okay. Now, the, obviously, the, t- the the Satanic Temple is a very serious group of people that uh, they are more of the political arm of the Satanism movement, and they are very very upset because they feel that their Baphomet statue was co opted by Netflix. But the Church of Satan decided to come out. But what we kind of feel like. We even said this privately to ourselves. It seems to be a little not metal. Yeah, to, exactly. To sue well, you, somebody over you this. Know what but, it, you, know. you know what it reminded me of? When Lars sued Napster. Yes. I'm like, it's okay. A little, it's like, all right, thank you, Lars. We have it. Thank you for I, d- defending the little man. But you, you don't actually care. I would definitely put the TST in the Lars Ulrich world of the paranormal and the occult. Like, I would right. say that they are the Lars Ulrich of that world. Um, but the, it's interesting because they're obviously fight back and forth. But the Church of Satan made a very pointed, pointed uh, rebuttal okay. to the TST's action. They wanted to come out and say okay. uh, something. Because remember, they're also – this is – I am just without comment – putting this out there because I know both sides, the COS and the TST fight quite a bit because people do not like the legacy of Anton LaVey. So we'll go through this. Oh, I see. So that, but they do. Are they, hmm. We're going to get some angry comments from both sides. Okay. Somebody's going to be upset about this because everybody's have, very upset. But, but I think it's they fun. Have more, to watch. They have more in common than not in common. I would, I would think. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Recently, the Satanic Temple has filed a lawsuit against Netflix over a depiction of the symbolic deity Baphomet in their series Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. As a significant number of people seem to be confusing this with us, we would like to clarify that TST is a political activist group that has nothing to do with us, nor with the religion of Satanism, which we founded over 50 years ago. Hmm. The Church of Satan has not filed a suit against Netflix, nor do we have a problem with their Sabrina show, which we've previously discussed. Okay. Netflix built their own Baphomet sculpture for their show, which obviously references the TST version, but also references numerous public domain versions. Differing details in the chest, wings, beard, head, and so on make it clear that the Netflix version is not an exact copy of the TST version, rather a situation of fair use of public domain and popular cultural imagery. Okay. To to reiterate... While TST is known for childish PR stunts such as fake political rallies, mailing cum rags to Congress, and rubbing <laughs> genitals on gravestones to turn people gay after their deaths, these actions are not in any way representative of the apolitical, individualistic, and atheistic religion of Satanism. Please oh, do right. not attribute their actions to us. 
All right, atheistic religion, quite a uh, conundrum there. But it interesting, is, I would say I this. think it's fun. If anyone it's not can, a religion; it's a lifestyle. I always it's a religion. This. It's it a is, religion. We will talk about this again and again. And we're being coming up. We're we're just. I don't want to talk about the episodes we have coming up because I don't like busting it. But we're going to be having this discussion on a very soon episode of Last Podcast in the Last. Yes, and it's about. It is a lifestyle. It's a position. It's like it's like essentially it's a political position. You're saying uh-huh. it. A true Satanist does not believe in God or the All devil. Right. Well, I will say this. The only people that should be suing or even thinking about suing this Sabrina show is Melissa Joan Hart. Why are you leaving her out? Leaving her out of this? Is this not Sabrina the Teenage Witch? Is it totally different? Is it it's complete- something else. I don't know. I, well, I why did they use the pro- same name? I w- Nef- uh, uh, Natalie was watching it. I watched about five minutes of it, and it's not for me. I can't handle that. I can't handle River- Riverdale. It's not uh, for me. None of it's for me. You drama. know what it is for me? And you guys should fucking check out Haunted on Netflix. Haunted. Okay. I'll check very that fucking out. good. Very, 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 very good. I'm looking at the Church of Satan's Twitter account. They're, uh, uh, most of what they're tweeting is um, correcting people on the use of your... Like, okay, good. Yes. Well, that's a very these are very these pretty, are ornery people. It's pretty dark, pretty metal. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Nothing like some good they are old very, punctuation oh, shaming. Um, they all just right, need everyone. A fucking, they just need a they need a coke and a smile. Yep, you remember I that? I know. Yeah, good good cocaine a drink, a beverage. No, Coca Cola beverage. Coca Cola, not cocaine. Although they just, used to put cocaine in Coca Cola, that's why it's called Coca Cola. Let's go back. Let's go back. Revert uh. back. We get those new ones. <laughs> all Coke, Coke. Um, I want to first say we have uh, in L.A. in Southern California. We're doing no new dudes again. Uh, it's a che- it's a clothing drive. We're trying to get clothes. I mean, it's mainly for men only because it's not mainly for men. It can be for anybody, but we're we focus on men in the title because actually there's not as many. Uh, male clothes donated to charities. It's more so female clothes, which is interesting. But we, we're accepting clothes of all types at various locations in Southern California. The Hyena Gallery in Burbank, uh, Bigfoot Lounge in Glendale. And I believe we have a couple other popping up. So check out if you got clothes and you're in that area and you want to drop them off, fucking go drop, drop them off. We're going to randomly select two people to, we're going to ask, Randy select one person to get two tickets. To a the VIP section for last podcast on the left. Awesome. So and again, if you want to help out with those horrible California wildfires, this is a solid charity from my little bit of research. Uh, disaster at calfund.org or give them a ring at 213-413-4130 because uh, it's it's devastating what's going on out there. So um, give a little, give a little if you can. Um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you all so much for listening. We had a great time in DC, in Holy Austin, shit. in Dallas, and in OKC. Man, we, we have I am a, still a whirlwind of a week. Oh yeah, we are all sick now. It is. <laughs> we got. We did well. Maybe we got. A, maybe we need like a health coach. We need somebody maybe. on the road when we do these things. Somebody can give us juices or something because we just drank. Because there was a point where I think it was like the third day in where I was like, really, the only way you do this is you got to keep drinking because you don't want to come down and you want to deal. You don't want to deal with any of that mess. This is smart. That's yeah. You got to deal with all that on a Monday. On Monday. Deal with it on Monday. I am dealing with it, and it sucks. Future Henry is not happy. Um, I wanted to say thank you to the people who gave me that Moldavian wine in D.C., which is pretty good, and also that Lambic beer. Whoever gave that to us, it was delicious. Oh, I love it. it. um, I believe we got that in Dallas, which was incredible. That place was incredible. Um, Also, if you want to... 
please check out Trollville On Demand. It's on there. You just type it in, Trollville On Demand. You can see it. All right, Trollville On Demand. we got a bunch of exciting <sighs> things coming up, so we'll all see you soon. Um, Make right, sure well, you get out there. Make sure you, you, you sit, you lie, and you sleep. Hey, I like my, that. That's my message for the week. I love it. All right, song. everyone. Thanks for listening. Hail yourselves. Triple L and hail Satan. Magustulations. Hail me. Hey, Side Stories listeners, this is Henry Zabrowski. Uh, you may recognize me. I'm the host of this podcast along with the other fucking monster, Ben Kissel. And I'm here to tell you about Trollville, a new series brought to you and created by me, Natalie Jean, and Sina Gaznavi. This show is about what happens when you take an internet troll and you watch his online behavior slip into his real life and see how does it change him is he ready to join society we've made this project with a lot of love on our own dime i'm really hoping you guys will enjoy it it's a dollar 99 per episode and five dollars for the entire series it's over 50 minutes of my body jiggling back and forth we're really really proud of it and we hope you guys can check it out it's on vimeo the url is vimeo.com slash on demand slash trollville again that's vimeo.com slash on demand slash Trollville, which is troll as in pieces of troll, and Ville, V-I-L-L-E. Please check it out. I think it's a fucking masterpiece for my sweet, slippery fingers. Hail Satan. You look around your business and see inefficiency everywhere. So you should know these numbers. 37,000, the number of businesses which have upgraded to the number one cloud financial system, NetSuite, by Oracle. 25. NetSuite just turned 25. That's 25 years of helping businesses streamline their finances and reduce costs. One, because your unique business deserves a customized solution, and that's NetSuite. Learn more when you download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist absolutely free at netsuite.com streaming.